Hello, this is Jonathan Mickles with the Strategic Multifamily Investing Podcast, and I have with me Mr. Craig Adams. How's it going, Craig? I'm good, Jonathan. Good, good, good. Craig is an insurance broker, and uh, we met on a uh, recent panel with uh, Aaron Rice uh, in race and real estate. And uh, he had some very interesting thoughts about insurance. And, you know, maybe some people may not have thought about that. And uh, while, you know, our podcast is mainly focused towards commercial real estate, I recognize that, you know, sometimes we do talk about residential real estate, but there is even a twist here, I think, that could potentially help uh, those that are also investing in commercial real estate. So with that being the case, Let's first hear about Craig. Craig, can you tell us a bit more about your background, how you got interested in, in uh, insurance? I got it, Jonathan. I'm Craig Adams, uh, State Farm agent. Uh, since January 1st, 2019, uh, worked for four other companies. Uh, been in the industry for 12 years since 07. So I guess I'm going up on 13 years wow. uh, next year in April. Um, I feel as though I've very uh, educated and uh, about the industry due to the uh, competitive nature, especially it's price driven, very price driven. So um, I think I'm very knowledgeable about that because most people normally and typically come to us and the first thing they're concerned about is price. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like if I had a client, you know, we'd be looking for, you know, uh, a homeowner's insurance policy. So, so describe to me, you know, kind of how the experience is with you once I, I, I have a referral and I'm saying, look, Craig, you know, this person is looking for homeowners insurance and they seem to be all about price. What, how, how, do you how do you handle that? Right up front, right up front. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, you know, I know you're, you know, you know I know you want to know what the price is, which I'm going to give it to them. I get that. And I tell them, Jonathan, I'm telling you, I tell them, I tell my classes. Mm -hmm. Most people come to me, they are familiar and they have experience with the car buying experience. Right. And most of us focus on price, like me. They bring that same experience to the home buying experience and they're not the same. So what my job is to do to educate them and empower them, whether or not they use me or not, which I would prefer, but if they don't, I get it, is I'm, I'm, I'm walking them through that policy line by line. Got it. Line by line. Because the differentiation point is not on price, but on what's actually in the policy. Yes. I, I, was, I was trained that way when I first came to State Farm. And, and I got to take, take it a step further. Um, I, I hate to plug my company and myself because I just like to use talk about insurance. It's okay. You, you're more than welcome. This, this platform. I, I do. I do because I don't, I don't feel as though I need to knock the competition down. But... When I first came there, my mentor told me, my mentor Norma Thomas told me, he said, um, he said, Craig, everybody's gonna come to you with price and um, they're not gonna wanna talk to you. You gotta disarm them. They're not, they don't, <laughs> they don't wanna talk to me. What's the price? How much is it gonna cost? Um, I got a quote over from another company with 700 bucks. What is it? They don't wanna know. And I'm, and I'm telling them in that conversation, look, not all, but most people, when they get these policies, they don't look at them. Right. They don't. They, Jonathan, when I first got my insurance license, the first thing I did, I looked at my car insurance policy and was like, I never looked at it. <laughs> I never wow. looked at it. Okay. I never looked at it. Right. They don't know. So then the, the, this next thing they do, if they don't get a claim, but God forbid they get one and they, did, and they get one, now yeah. it's boop, 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 crack. What is it? And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm an agent. That's my job. 
Right. However, everyone doesn't have an agent. Right. State Farm, we have agents. We have 18,000 agents. Nationwide has agents. I work for Nationwide. You call these other carriers, you don't have it. They're patching you into the claims department and you're making a claim. You're not getting anybody to, you know, well, what's going on? When that call comes in, Jonathan, and that first person, I'm going to tell you how the call goes too, by the way. So I love doing this. Dude, people laugh at me. Call goes like this, some, something like this. Mr. Adams, I've been with y'all 25 years. I'm paying y'all all this money. I got a claim. I need to file a claim. That's how the majority of them go. And the first thing I say is, Mr. Customer, tell me what happened. Talk to me. Man, I came home and I got five shingles in my driveway, man. I don't know what's going on. Okay, calm down. Don't be afraid. Okay, you got some shingles in the driveway, bro. Okay. Weather might have, you know, might have been strong winds. Knock some shingles down. Get an estimate. You know how much it costs to get that repaired? No. Well, that's what I got you for. I understand that, Mr. Customer. Right. That's how these calls go, man. I understand that, Mr. Customer. I'm saying this for a reason because you may have something that you're co you're covered for, but you may not want to file a claim because if it's lower than your deductible, right, and you can pay it out of pocket, and you're not hit with that loss, and it's not on your report, you may not want that. Right. These people are not educated on this type of stuff. I got a bet. I got a good friend on my best. I got a good friend that's with another company right now, dying to come in. Can't wait in February. He mm -hmm. filed four claims. Jonathan, one of those, none of those claims are, well, that's wrong, that's wrong. One of them was like six grand. I wasn't mad at that one. He had, he had to do what he had to do. The other three, $1,300, $1,500, and $1,800. He should have never filed them. And he's pissed off at his insurance company because he why, filed them. Why, why should he have never filed them? Help me understand that. Well, I, I wouldn't say never. Because his, never, his deductible was his deductible higher than those? Bingo. Bingo. Now you're going now you're going deeper in the woods now. Now, now you're pulling stuff out of me. So yes, you're right. Not only that, and it's not only it's, it's more to it. His deductible was a thousand. So if he filed a fifteen hundred dollar claim, he only got five hundred bucks back. So he's like, Craig, I got five hundred dollars back to it. But I'm like, stay with me. So now I'm like, well, you're happy because your insurance carrier gave you five hundred bucks to assist you. Sorry about that. I got an incoming call. I don't know if you can hear that. But you need to you take got, you got five, he got 500 bucks back and you're happy about getting 500 bucks back, but now you got another claim on your report and that's within a 3-year period and the insurance company he's with at the time jacked up his rate. Watch when I tell you this, I want to see your face. He's got a townhouse. He just sold the house, by the way. He just moved. He just sold it. That same townhouse, he was paying $3,600 a year for homeowner's insurance. $3,600 a year for, instead of paying, for I don't know, he may have been in a bad, yeah, no, but I'm just like, was he in a in a very difficult challenge? Upper, Marlboro, upper, Mar upper Marlboro? Okay. okay. <laughs> Generally, well, for everybody else who's listening, because again, this, this, you know, some people may not know the area. What is generally the homeowner's insurance in Upper Marble? Put it this way: I live in a townhouse. I'm in this house. 
I went with a higher deductible when I bought this house. I just I just switched it literally like three weeks ago. I don't even pay a thousand dollars a year. Got it. So he yeah he is a he was in a really bad way to go by filing those particular claims. They jacked so, up his rate for every claim. Yeah. So so you go through the policy with someone like if I was sending you a referral. Okay, yeah. And then after do you do that then then what are you give them the number and and then that's it or so i'm going so i'm going so no i'm no i'm, I'm let's start so let's start back to the top so what i'm doing is i'm starting from the very top so i'm going with the replacement cost to rebuild the house i'm i'm letting them know why we're insuring it for the amount we're insuring it this is very important because i talk about this in my classes because we'll have i got i got to use this example We'll have someone who's maybe buying like a million a home for a million dollars, especially in this area, which is pretty common. Yeah. And when I come back to them and I tell them, you're paying a million dollars for your house, we're only going to insure it for $750,000. Some people are scratching their head. Yeah, some people are scratching their head and they're like, hold on, Craig. You know I'm buying a million dollar house, right? <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, so why don't I have a million dollars worth of coverage? And I'm telling them, I got to educate them. And I'm telling them it's not equivalent because the purchase price of your home and your appraisal is not equivalent to what it's going to uh, cost the insurance company to rebuild your house if it's destroyed down to the ground as a result of a fire. Because if your home burns down to the ground, we're only building structure itself. We're not building, we're not touching the land. So the this area, right. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, you get it. Yeah, you get it. So if you're buying a house for a million dollars, as I understand, you know, that's both land and improved structure. Generally, generally, uh, land is 15% of whatever the price is. But in this particular situation, land is a lot more than yes. the improved structure. So especially in the District of Columbia. Uh, especially in the District of Columbia, especially in yeah. D.C. So, so if it's a it's a million dollar home, the land is is two hundred and fifty thousand. The structure is seven hundred and fifty thousand. That's mm -hmm. the reason why you're not getting the million dollar coverage. So mm -hmm. after you've gone through the coverages with them, you know, to 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 get this policy off the ground, what else are you working with them on? It's a great question. I'm actually glad you asked me that because once I go through that, and they're like, okay, you know, I, you know, I like. I like, you know, I'm, I'm loving it when people are like, okay, Craig, no one's never, I love to hear no one's ever explained it to me like that. That lets me know I'm doing my job. I love to hear that. I love it. Because now I'm like, all right, they may have already spoken to two or three other people. And that person just went, okay, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is this. It's 800 bucks. Mm -hmm. They didn't do the same thing. And now I'm like, okay, let me bring this home. So now I've gone through the policy. And now I'm saying, okay, if you like this, you know, we can we can wrap this up and we can get this going. However, this is what we're this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. What I'm going to if if you take this policy and you close on I don't know you close on December first, I'm calling you to and I say okay when are you planning on moving? Well, I'm going to move in on the weekend on the third. Okay, you're closing on the first. You're moving in on the third. I'm going to call you two weeks after you move in. Why? And, I, and I'm going to I'm going to call you because. You're doing everything you can to buy this house. I gotta make sure you do everything you can to keep this house. What do you mean by that? So now what I'm gonna do is, is whatever is most important to you. I don't know, you have to answer that question. 
I'm going to do everything in my power to offer you the ability to keep your home so you do not lose your home in the event of a of a of a of a loss from either a disability or from a death and this happens it happened to me uh, my brother went to work one day he didn't come home mm. he was 48 i'm 46 this was 3 years ago wow. so i'm speaking from i'm i'm speaking from experience so let me do whatever I can to help you and your family so you aren't impacted by this. So I, so two weeks after you, you move into your house, I'm gonna call you and I'm gonna ask you if you allow me to run two quotes for you. A mortgage protection policy, which is a life insurance policy, to cover your mortgage in the event that you don't come home one day, like my relative, or in the event you get disabled and you can't work, and you oh. have an illness, an injury, or a sickness and you can't work, we will have a policy and put it in place where if you can't go to work after 30 days, State Farm is sending you a check to cover that mortgage. So then let me let me go back to the the um, the covering your mortgage if there happens to be a death. Because for most families that are out there now, it's a you know two income household, right? So if someone in that household were to pass away, heaven forbid, you know, that represents a hardship where the family's going to have to, you know, come back to me or Andrew, you, uh, more than likely me, if they don't purchase this other policy and say, you know, we may need to move because we aren't able to, you know, pay the mortgage on this. And so this other life insurance policy that you're talking about, you know, is this a whole life or is this a term or is this just specific for the value of the home or the replacement value of the home? What would help me understand how much you doing this for? Good, good question. Typically, I start with uh, what did you take a loan out for? T typically, most times, okay, in this area, you could probably confirm this. Okay, our mortgage, um, our loan amount's gonna be for three hundred grand. Mm -hmm. I use that amount. That's say, okay. You're paying three hundred. Yeah, so I know you were used to it. So we'll say okay, three hundred thousand. All right, you got twenty, thirty year loan. You're thirty five years old. I'll run the numbers, Jonathan. It's not even fifty bucks a month. It's like thirty five dollars. No, but you know in terms I mean? of so it's thirty five dollars a month. But then in terms of the the value of the policy upon that person's passing, untimely passing, it would be for that full three hundred thousand to yes, pay. Yes, sir. Yes. Got it. That's where we're starting. That's where we're starting. But there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more intake on that. So I'm oh. I'm, I'm I'm fact finding. Oh yeah, I'm fact finding now. I'm okay. fact finding. So I'm finding out how many kids they have if they gotta send kids to college. Well, you know say I already I mean? have a policy. Say I already have a policy for my job. That's you know? better. That's even better. That's even okay. better because I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to replace anything. I'm not okay. trying. I'm not, yeah, I've been. I've been. I've been on this twelve years, man. I never go into a home and say get rid of that. You don't need that. Unfortunately, there are some professionals that do that. I'm not one of them. I I never tell them to get rid of anything. I you got five. Keep it. Great. I'm glad you got it. You've been doing the right thing. This is not what I'm talking about here. Now, if you want additional coverage on top of that, we can meet that need too. But this is solely to protect your investment because in the event, and I use the word, uh, I got it from my mentor. I, I, I hope I'm applying it right. I'm using the term, you're putting in all this sweat equity. So you mean Ashley, tell me, Mr. and Ms. Smith, you're going to get up and go to work every day. You're going to blow all this blood, sweat, and tears for the next 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. You're going to give this mortgage company all your money. 
And you mean to tell me if something happens to you or you don't come home, you got this spouse or you're by yourself and you got these kids and your investment is just going to go down the drain. But if, if, if I bought the 300,000, you know, that takes care of the house, but you're asking about kids and other things for what purpose? Help me understand that. Well, now, now I have to fact find to find if you have any other outstanding liabilities that you would like to cover. I don't know that. That's why I have to ask. So you're talking about like, if I have another car, if Correct. I have other investment property, if I Correct. have any other debt that's out there, Correct. Correct. because Correct. you're saying that you could then write a policy that could potentially cover all of that external or extemporaneous debt that's out there, right? Correct. That is correct. That is correct. Got it. Okay. Yes, sir. Go yes, sir. Keep, keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to make oh, sure no. I, was, I was understanding. No, so you're doing the fact finding to know what the entire budget would be. Now, are you, are you adding anything else more on top of that for say income or, you know, spending change as it were? Because I'm, I'm thinking like, I've heard, you know, someone say, whatever you're making, you know, a year, you need 10 times that. I've heard that as a rule of thumb in terms of insurance. And maybe I'm incorrect in saying this. And so I'm listening to you. Answer those. I know it's two questions I asked you. No, is no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. Because... Income or is it all of these other liabilities and then there's some spending change and there's some other whatever. No, you, you guys. You can't, write down my, you can't write down my street on that. Actually, okay. you, you, you really did. It's, it's, it's a little bit of both, actually. Because... Because you want to know, you want to know, like I can, Jonathan, I can't, I can't walk into somebody's home and tell them what they gotta have. You know what I mean? I can't. No, no, no. I, I understand. So I need to find out from them what they want. So they may not, they may, they may um, want to send their kids to college and have money for their spouse. You know what I mean? To have if they're not there. So for me to sit up there and talk about, well. Um, you know, I don't know, I try to make something up, you know. No, I mean, you know, that, I, no, I mean that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. money for college, et cetera. So does that get put, does this get put into a wheel of sorts? You know, like, you know, where somebody has to say, you know, there's this life insurance policy that I got after we moved into this house. It'll pay for the house, it'll pay for the car, it'll pay, you know, put $50,000, you know, aside or $100,000 aside for each of the children, you know, mm -hmm. for college. I mean, how, do I put that in the life insurance policy? Do I set, how do I, how do I designate that? Then? It's, it's, it's solely up to the individual. So okay. what I'm doing is, so what, so what I'm doing is, cause you asked me like two or three questions ago, you said, Craig, yeah. is it, is it, you said, you said, is it term or is it permanent or is it a whole life? I'm, I'm, I'm addressing it right then and there because I'm giving them more than one option. I never, I never like to just give one option. I never like to do that because when you give persons one option, people one option, they feel as though they're getting pigeonholed. I don't like to do that. I like to give people choices. So I'm going to say, so I'm going to, so I'm going to present that $300,000 30-year policy, but I, Jonathan, I don't know their budget. I don't know. They may have some money, and you'd be surprised, man. People, people who you least expect will have money and be like, man, this guy may have you know, $50,000 buried in his backyard before. I've heard stories like that before. So we'll present that one, and then I'll say, and just, you know, then I'll say, well, okay, well, guess what? You can have this permanent policy that's 300 grand that over the next 30 years is going to build up $150,000 into it that belongs to you while you're living 
and the family will get the money when they pass away. But the living benefit of 150 grand will be yours, but it's not gonna be the 30 to 50 bucks a month. It might be $300 a month. Got it. It's a little pricey, but it's a, it's a different, it's a different perspective. Yeah, you, you mean to have cash flow now while you're living is the, is the key. Do you Correct. Have, you have some sort of yes. annuity? Yes, of yes, mm-hmm. yes. And, and I use myself as an example, because I'm a prime example, I, and I have both policies. I got both. I got both. I got the one. Policies. I have one. Yep. Yes. I have one to cover. I got one for two. I got one for 250 grand, which is term. Another term for about 100 for 50 grand. And they're both term. They'll cover our mortgage. And I have a permanent policy for 150,000 that I'm just socking money away into that. Okay. That's my that's my money. <laughs> you said when you're socking money, you're talking about from the, via vis-a-vis the premium and yes, how the, the insurance company is is managing Correct. that by investing. Yes. Okay. Correct. Correct. Okay. That's what it, that, that's why I said it's my money. So Got when it. I pass away, my family gets the debt benefit. But over time, while I'm still breathing, I'm living, that money is starting to accumulate. And the next five years, if I want to pull out 10 grand or five grand and it's there, it's mine. I Got do with it. it as I choose. So then, so then there, there is money there for that, for, for purchasing whatever. But then you also mentioned looking into the potential of disability, which does yes. happen as well. You know, yes. sometimes, you know, you know, things happen. And so what, what, what do you mean by that? What have you seen? How, how do you approach that? Well, initially that question, I like to, I talk about both of them at the same time. I talk right. about um, I talk about the mortgage protection and the disability at the same time, but I put it on the table as in, what is more important to you? Is one more important than the other, or are they both important? So I so I put it back to the customer, and they'll tell me, they'll go, well, Craig, I'm not really necessarily thinking about because I I just had this one guy, I actually thought he would get the policy to cover his mortgage. He wasn't interested, but guess, but listen though, I know why though, Jonathan. He was a he was a plumber by skill trade, so he was you know what I mean. So he worked with his hands a lot. He so was he like was no in disability though. Just in disability, he wasn't concerned about paying it off. He was yeah. like, man, I could potentially get hurt. Yeah, you know what? I need that. Sign that up. So what what is that? Is that disability from working at all or working in the particular field that you're in? Anything. That could okay. be you being in a Because I, I know that there are certain insurances that are specifically, you know, short-term, long-term disability, specifically tied to maybe, say, a cognitive di- disability or something, you know, because you work, it's tied to your work. So, but you still can go, say, work at fast food, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tie that in, too, because especially us being in this area that we're in. Certainly. Uh, and us being around a lot of government workers. Certainly. When we mention that disability um, product, the majority of responses I get as a result of that is, will it help me if I get laid off? That's mm. the only thing that it doesn't cover. Okay. Because if, think about it, you're, you're not disabled. You know what I mean? No, I like, well, Yeah, well, yeah, they're like, they're like, Craig, that sounds great, but like, so if I get laid off, and, I, and I'm like, well, that's what unemployment insurance is for. Yeah. No, you can't get that. We're talking about if you're in a car accident, if you're hurt from work, if, if, you you're, if you get carpal tunnel syndrome, and carpal tunnel, yeah, you, you get, get surgery on your shoulder. Right. You get you get cancer. Yeah, right. You get yeah. cancer. My wife, 
Jonathan, my wife came home. I came home on Friday. My wife's not even 40 yet, man. I came home on Friday. My wife told me, um, you know, in February, uh, I'm getting surgery. I'm going out. I looked at her like, for what? <laughs> she was like, on my foot, on my toe. I got to, I ain't going to embarrass her, but she was like, yeah, I got, I was like, how long are you going out of work? She was I think like, it's too late. He's not already embarrassed. I apologize like, for him, ma'am. I apologize. She was like, she was like, she was like two months. She's like two months. I was like, you going out of work for two months? Jonathan, we got we got a policy. I'm paying for it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. so that's gonna protect you, re replace her income while she's out for those 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 two months. We got we got a policy. I pay for it. I think it's about I think it's about two grand a month. I mean, it's not a ton of money, but something. But in terms of premium, how much is that's two? It's a benefit to you of two thousand dollars a month. But how much is the premium? Tell you right now. I tell you. Well, right I now. mean, I mean, I don't know if that's too personal. I apologize if I'm. Nah, I'm no, no. Nah, come on, man. Come on, man. I. I, <laughs> I again, this is going out to a, a bunch of people. This is in the public, so I mean, I don't want to. Come on, man. That's not that's not that important to me. I'm I'm an open book, man. I'm an open book. I tell you right now, she. I am, I am paying for her, for her, here it is right here. I got one for me, my wife, and my son. Hers is right here. Hers is, I figured, I figured my son, once he started, once I gave him playing some sports, and he gets into that youth soccer league, and I got to take him for maybe get some stitches or something like that, I figured, I figured uh, I collect on that too. Hers is like $32 a month. Okay, so that not not bad. So this is this is additional disability insurance, just in case that you are there. I, I want to go back because again, we're talking primarily to investors and commercial uh, realtors, and you know we aren't plumbers, right? We aren't construction workers, where we could get hurt or anything like that. But there may be a situation where where we get disabled, or there may be an untimely death. When you're going back, say to that un. That, that untimely death policy, right? That additional life insurance. Are you taking to, into account the investment properties that they have as well? Because some people have portfolios that are currently have a mortgage on them that again, if something were, were to happen to them, now their family is in another bind. You know, they are another financial bind where they have to figure out, okay, dad or mom had this, you know, investment portfolio, we don't know how to run it. And now mm -hmm. we're going to have to go through and wholesale it mm -hmm. you know, versus, you know, maybe keeping it and learning how to deal with it. Is that something that's also a part of your presentation or is that something that could be included in that? It could, it could be. And I, I'd like to tie this in. It's not the same term, but you, but you brought it up. Okay. And I want to mention it because you brought it up and I want to mention it. Sure. And I want to, I want to tie them in. You said, Craig, like, they got, excuse me, they got all these properties and yeah. they got to manage them and they got to manage them. Yeah. And now the person who was running it is gone. So now who's going to do it? Our, our, I hate to say just our commercial, because this is what we're talking about. People who own a lot of properties, especially if they're commercial properties, but it still ties in. Our commercial property owners who own like a, I don't know, like a huge office building, they rent it out. We always tell them, if you have a key employee and you lose your key employee, and let's say they run the whole ship, if they leave, who are you going? Who's going to replace that person? So what we call that is, is we call that you either it's two terms. You either call it key employee 
or key man insurance. You get a policy on the individual who's the key person. So if they do leave, you have money to go out and hire someone else. It applies to your concept. So a, it, okay, so then there's, yes. a couple, there's a couple things here. So a, if we have a key person, right, that leaves the organization, this insurance mm -hmm. uh, provides resources to be able to go out and hire somebody else potentially to do, say, property management for the portfolio. But mm -hmm. let's just say that this key person passes away and mm -hmm. is, you know, because a lot of a lot of investments are mom and pop type of investments, right? You mm -hmm. own a couple of houses, say, you know, in C Pleasant or in Capitol Heights. We're talking yep. about areas in the Washington, D.C. area, right? Yep. And you've been renting those out and you've got maybe four or five of them, right? And the, you know, someone in the family passes away do you does is that also considered key managers to pay off the mortgages for those particular yes yes to pay that's why off the mortgages in addition yes. to potentially hiring somebody yes, to come that's and what, manage those that's oh, that's okay. why i said that, that's why i said you 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 tied it in and you didn't even realize it because i wanted to use that key man as the example but i want to still apply it to our our topic that we're talking about today and and use so so using the key man as an example and use that as my my say me let's use me let's use me. I bought this house. I plan on I plan on next year buying my first investment property. My goal my goal I can't believe I'm I'm sorry I put it out there. My goal is to own maybe fifty to hundred units by the time I my last breath. Hopefully within the next forty years. That's my goal. Well, then, you know, you need right. to come on over here to the commercial space. We'll talk about this. Yeah, that's my goal. That's my goal. Be honest. Be yeah. honest. Now, I do. Let's say it's even 100. Let's say it's, let's say it's 30, right? If I got 30 properties, I'm running those, okay? I got a 25-year-old daughter, and I got a 2-year-old son. My daughter is going into the nursing field. My son, who knows? But still, something happens. Who's going to run? Who? My, my wife is a supervisor at Walmart. Got it. I need someone to run that. I know, now I'm leaving it behind to him. Of course yeah, I You're am. leaving it behind, but you're also leaving that debt. So the key Bingo. man policy is Bingo. going to take care of both the debt. Bingo. And that you just set me up. That's where I was going oh, to. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, long -winded. I'm just more long-winded than you. That's all. I told you I talk a lot. I've been talking all day. <laughs> I'm just more long-winded than you, man. It's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. But yes. So, so those 30 properties, I got, throw a number out there, Jonathan, you just your field. I got, uh, I got four. You have about, you have about four, three, three, three million, three, let's yeah, say three, three million. million. Yeah, I got three million in debt, right? I'm gone. Why, do you think I want my son and my wife to sell them 30 properties? I, I didn't buy it for them to sell them. Right. I bought it for them to keep it to, so we can have generational wealth because I want my great grandson to have it. Right. I, I didn't buy them for me. I bought them for them. So now that I'm gone, I don't want them to sell them. No. So I'm going to have a policy in place. So when I'm gone, they can pay all that stuff off, whether it be my properties, whether it be a tax, a huge tax bill, whether it be a huge tax bill, no matter what it is, estate transfers. I think they got away with that. Somebody just told me that last week. But all of that stuff, that's what you can use life insurance for. People always think, oh, man, I got money. I don't need that. If you want to leave something behind, that's great. But it, that's not what it can all be used for. You can use it for 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 numerous things. 
Right. So, so the cash that you have can be used to for day to day kinds of things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, while the insurance policy kicks in place and, you know, you can direct in your will, in your estate, et cetera, that that key man policy pay off all of those investment debts. You have your own life insurance policy that's going to cover your own personal debts. So yeah. essentially your spouse, your, your, your family is debt free should something happen to you and potentially have additional resources to be able to hire people to take care of the investments as well as have additional resources to make sure that your family is, is continuing to move, uh, move forward with uh with you with you no longer there bringing in additional resources so i think and that was what i was really really impressed by in that you call them two weeks later now i know most people are probably not going to be thinking about that if they're going to be moving into a house and you know the time that we're recording this you know we're at the end of uh, uh 2020 which has been a very interesting year you know we've had you know close to 200 and uh, 60,000 people who've passed away and uh, just a bunch of different things. And, um, you know, it just, it just brings to mind, you know, wanting to have peace of mind. And I think that that's what you can definitely bring uh, to the table. And uh, we not necessarily differentiate solely on price, but on what's there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. You got something else? I like, I like, I like the word you, you've been driving down my street all day. You use the word, you have, you use the word peace of mind. Yeah. That's actually a term and a phrase that I came up with that I use in my classes when I'm going through the coverages and I talk about uh, having a peace of mind, uh, having certain coverages, um, making sure that you have it, making sure you're properly covered and going through this stuff, giving right. you a peace of mind. Because, right. you know what I mean? That's that's pretty much, you know, if, if you do, if you don't, you know what I mean? You, you It's that unknown. You know what I mean? That you're unknown. always worried. Right. Yeah, you're always worried. And the yeah. other thing I wanted to bring up um, is some industry professionals. Believe it or not, we get in. This is no knock on you. I'm talking about realtors. But no knock on you guys. But I typically find, and the re- industry professionals uh, shock me, is that, and I think this is in, down your street. That's why I'm bringing it up. We find a lot of people who own a lot of condo units. Okay. They don't think they need insurance. Because of the condo, yeah, you be, you be shocked. Well, well you know, because of the con, because of the condo associations and the master policies. Right. Generally, condo associations have a master policy, but they require each individual owner to also have a policy with the rider. Um, where, if I'm not mistaken, the condo association is is kind of partial beneficiary. So, if something happens to your particular unit, you know, you need to have homeowners insurance, if you will, for the condo, right? Yeah, but think, but think of some of your cohorts, though. Think of some of your peers. They're thinking, well, I got a condo, I got a master policy, and I got a tenant in there, and I can make my tenant get a man. You be John. Well, here's the thing: if in, in, I didn't say you. See, you. No, I, you I understand. I understand. If you, you, if you're renting you. out a condo, it, you need to check with your condo association. Man. Yes, they have a master policy. Because I'm thinking of one particular condo association right now. I will not call the name. Mm-hmm. That no longer is getting FHA funding um, because of some similar things that you're talking about. 
where uh, a good portion of their ownership are people who are investors and they get uh, tenants in there who don't get renter's insurance. So my end game here is the condo association has a master policy. You as the owner need to have a policy and you need to require your tenant. You should require your tenant policy. All three. All all three. But, but John, see, but see, John, see, I like, like you're a professional, man. I I have realtors. I know. I under, I look, look, this particular, this particular association. Oh, I won't. Now I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get specific. All I will say is that a lot of, uh, owners purchased and had tenants that were doing things that were not that were not scrupulous and mm. uh, it really caused that association to really be a, in a bad way to go mm. um, so yes you need to have your own policy and you need to have your tenant have a policy and make you the beneficiary all three all three, all three. I, I, I think some people like i said no we're not talking about you but i just think that some people they get that whole mindset of, all right, at the condo association, I got a tenant in there, and they're gonna have a policy. I'm covered from that yeah. call. You know what I mean? Now, the, the yeah. policy is between a hundred to three hundred dollars a year. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, it's 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 not, it's not it don't even cost that much. That's a peace of like, mind, people. That's a peace of mind. Peace of mind. Don't don't cut don't cut those corners if it being so so low because the 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 cost on the other side of something happens. Is so much higher, and you know, given that we're in a litigious society, specifically in the Washington D.C. area, I believe they said that Washington D.C., especially around K Street, per capita has more lawyers than any other place in the United States. Oh yeah, K Street. Oh, oh yeah, K Street. They go, they roll heavy over there, man. So you do. I mean, yeah, you need to have all of that. Well, listen, we we've been talking for a while, and I know we can keep going on forever. I told you. I, see, I told you, you got me going. <laughs> <laughs> how do people get in contact with you though, Craig? How, how, how do people get in contact? If they want to talk to you about what's happening, you know, in their own specific situation, especially if they're investors, right. That are out there. I mean, key, key person insurance, I think is already for a lot of um, commercial, the larger commercial people, they understand it, they know it. But for somebody say who is smaller, who's growing, who has a couple of rental houses and things of that sort, how do they call you and start that conversation? What should they bring to the table when they're doing that? I would, I would first off, the office number is uh, 240-828-8862. Once again, 240-828-8862. Are you on any socials or, or do you have um, a website? Yeah, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, just personal, but I am on Facebook. What's the I'm name of LinkedIn. Facebook? Facebook, Craig Adams, State Farm. Craig, Craig, Craig A. Adams, because there's a there's like ten Craig Adamses on Google, and one of them is like a famous hockey player. So I had yeah. to make sure I have my I, I, I got I, I'm distinct though. I got my middle initial, so it's Craig A. Adams. You put Craig A. Adams, you find me. That's no on Facebook, and then on LinkedIn. How do they on LinkedIn? Uh, same thing, Craig Adams on LinkedIn. Craig okay. Adams State Farm. So I have my own uh, sites on LinkedIn and Facebook, social media. Um, my bus sign is about to come down at the end of this month. Your web, your website. Do you have a website? Oh uh, yeah, we do. Sorry about that. Good, good point. My website is www.insurancecollegepark.net. Okay. Um, Insurancecollegepark.net. Insurancecollegepark.net. 
Um, I gave I gave the number. What other question did you ask me? Is that it? Uh, what do they need to come to you with? They, they need to go and gather some things to have oh, a conversation. Great question. great question. I would say um, all of their um, uh, business information regarding uh, property locations. Um, they want to bring personal information as opposed to um, if they have like another job, like their employer. Uh, I would bring some of their liabilities as far as um, they, they don't necessarily necessarily. So when you say liabilities, pay. break that down for some people. We're talking that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. They don't necessarily have to, yeah, they don't necessarily have to bring like receipts. But if you know you got a $300,000 mortgage and you know you've got your cars to pay off and your kids are in college, at least have an itemized list and know your numbers. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I said. You don't have to physically bring in those documents. Yeah, but, but you want to at least, especially these people, especially these people that you're talking about, Got it. because we want to, we don't only want to fact find, we're looking for holes. The way I was trained and, and what we're trained to look for, and you asked me, you said, well, Craig, a couple questions back, you said, Craig, some people already have insurance. My job isn't to duplicate what you have. If they come to me, Jonathan, and I see that they're bulletproof and they're covered, they're covered. I'm Oh man, Trace sells me trying to sell me something. If you got it covered, there's nothing to sell you. Right. There's nothing to give you. Right. But if I find a hole, I find a gap. Right. I'm telling you, this is covered here. Here's your gap. Right. You 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 asked me, Jonathan. You said, you know, you know, you know, what else can they cover, Craig? You know, someone's income. Yes, Jonathan. You'd be surprised. The average person that make that may make forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. They don't think they're a millionaire. They're a millionaire because if they multiply that times 20, they're going to make a million dollars in their lifetime. Got it. You're a millionaire. Yes, you are. Got you it. are a millionaire. I don't have that much money. Yes, you are. Because in the next 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to amass that amount of money. So guess what? I got to show you something along those lines. But people don't hear that. Got it. So they don't think, so they don't think that applies to them. So they need to bring their their if they have property bring their property yes. if they have coverages already bring bring some of those documents Correct. if they have liabilities meaning what is your current house if you own a house you know what's the outstanding balance on that if you have cars Correct. you have student loans if you have Correct. students that are in college uh, and still have time or you want your kids to go to college you mm -hmm. know if something were to happen in your untimely demise and also yep. think about, you know, disability insurance, and you're going to walk them through that process. Correct. Well, listen, Craig, uh, I thank you for, for coming and, and giving us a, a conversation uh, worth having, again, for helping to do some asset protection, uh, assets, the things that you have. You can protect those things and, again, have peace of mind. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's not necessarily just a marketing ploy, but really something to think about once you start amassing you know, uh, investments and investment properties in, in our context here. Is there anything else that you'd like to say uh, to, to those that are listening uh, that we didn't cover here? Uh, not really. I just think that you really hit it home. And I think, I think a lot of your questions, uh, you, you, I don't want to say you, you, you led me in that direction, but like I said, you came right down my av avenue. Um, you, you use a lot of buzzwords that I like. You just use the word, Asset protection. Mm -hmm. Asset protection may not apply to um, that single homeowner that I'm assisting 
and an HPAT program. But the people that you work with that may have five rental properties or may have 50 of them, asset protection applies to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, we, I, still and think we, it, I still think it works for those that are in HPAT. You know, no, one no, of the it things, does. It, it know, does. I just think we, it resonates more. I just think it resonates. Yes. That word, that buzzword resonates more with my, my community, but it just for anybody else who's listening, if you're in the HPAP program, whatever, oh, yeah. your home is definitely your asset. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially I, if you, go ahead. No, yeah, no, no. I was just saying, those, like you said, those people, they get it, man. They get it. They're like, man, I got, like you said, so somebody got 15, 20 properties and, you know, tons of other liabilities. They know they got to get that stuff. Most of them know that they got to get that stuff covered. I understand. But, um, I just want to come back. That's all. <laughs> I like this. I like I like edu- I like educating people. I just want to. All right. Back. Well, we'll we'll find some sort of space in here uh, where we can have a a, free, a further dialogue. But again, thank you for coming, and uh, you know, check us out uh, next next time for another podcast. Thanks again, Craig. I appreciate you, man. Peace.